Welcome to the Nutrition Bits and Bites podcast. On each episode of the Nutrition Bits and Bites, we will share a topic from the intriguing world of nutrition. I am Jessica Brown, a dietetic intern at the University of St. Joseph, and I will be your guest host for today's episode. Today's topic is centered around reinventing your diet while you struggle with IBS, or irritable bowel syndrome. If you have a new diagnosis of IBS or have been experiencing it for a while now, you may be feeling like some symptoms just never go away no matter what you do. One of the most effective ways to treat symptoms, according to the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, it is not going on a juice cleanse for a reset, but to manage your symptoms by slowly removing what are called FODMAPs out of your diet and then reintroducing them back to find the root of what may be causing some discomfort for your symptoms. You may have heard your physician mention a FODMAP diet and be wondering what these letters even mean or stand for. So a FODMAP stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. These words alone I know are confusing and stressful, so let's talk a little bit about them and why they may be leading to some issues. The ODMPs are all forms of carbohydrate sugars and sugar alcohols. First up, we have oligosaccharides. These are fructans, which can be found in wheat products, rye, onions, garlic, legumes like green beans and black beans and pinto beans, broccoli, apples, and peaches, to name a few. These sugars are not absorbed by people with IBS and also people who do not have IBS, since we lack the enzyme to break them down. This is why eating beans often causes excessive gas production, as they ferment in our large intestine. The gas byproduct of bacterial fermentation leads to further pain in those with IBS. I do want to mention that if a package is labeled as high in fiber or has prebiotic on its label, it likely contains something called inulin, which is another form of a fructan. Prebiotics are incredibly beneficial to your gut's healthy bacteria, so if these food items happen to not cause you any discomfort, keep them in your diet. Moving on, we have disaccharides. So a disaccharide that most commonly causes complications for those with IBS is known as lactose. This exists strictly in dairy products, and it has been seen in dairy milk, soft cheeses like mozzarella, and yogurts. So when somebody experiences what's called lactose malabsorption, it is simply because they lack the ability to produce enough lactase, which is the enzyme that breaks down lactose. When somebody lacks this enzyme, or it's not working as efficiently as it should, the lactose will travel back into the large intestine as it goes along the digestive tract and be fermented by bacteria. So some may not experience symptoms when this occurs. However, when the excess water and gas production causes undesirable symptoms like cramping and flatulence, etc., those individuals have what's called a lactose intolerance. In fact, um, a fermented dairy like yogurt and kefir are lower in lactose as the fermentation that occurs in making these products mimics the action of lactase, making it easier to absorb. There are all now products all around the market with the lactose quote-unquote removed from the product. So lactate is a wonderful option to go with if you do not want to consume normal dairy milk. Now, with all the changes in food science and the market, there has been an uproar of different kinds of milks, like oat milk is wonderful, there is almond milk, coconut milk, you can name them all. 
to replace dairy in your diet if lactose is something that does bother you. They're even now making dairy-free cheeses, which is wonderful for people where lactose causes discomfort. Next, we have monosaccharides, and the major one we're going to talk about is fructose. This can be found in honey, apples, and high-fructose corn syrup, to name a few. Foods with fructose commonly have a one-to-one ratio with glucose. So this is necessary to help improve absorption of this molecule. Problems that usually arise when someone consumes a food that has excess fructose in it, this leads to the body having to undergo an alternate absorption method where the excess fructose travels to the large intestine and undergoes bacteria fermentation. Luckily, most fruits and vegetables contain a one-to-one ratio of these molecules, although in some sweet foods like honey and mangoes and then other vegetables like the broccoli stalks, the fructose outweighs the glucose, leading to excess fructose not being absorbed correctly. Lastly, we have polyols. On the food label, these can be listed as sugar alcohols or sorbitol and mannitol. They are found in some fruits like avocados, apples, cherries, and prunes, also in vegetables like mushrooms and cauliflower. They also would exist in sweeteners like sweet and low. Polyols are absorbed through small pores in the small intestine, so if this process is compromised in any way, such as a reduced pore size, poor gut transit time, presence of intestinal disorders, or excessive consumption of the item, then malabsorption may occur, leading to pain, and most commonly with this one, diarrhea, as excess water is drawn into the intestines. So with all of these, you may have noticed a trend for all of these molecules as if they were not absorbed correctly, they would travel into the large intestine with excess water and ferment in the bowel, leading to common symptoms experienced by those with IBS. So while this gas production and water attraction happens for everybody, no matter what they're eating, for those with IBS, their motility issues and sensitivity of the gut wall causes the intestinal wall to stretch and expand, leading to excessive gas, bloating, pain, distended abdomen, and altered bowel habits. So now, the key to finding the foods that are right for you is to remove possible problem food items for six to eight weeks, which seems like a while, but slow and steady wins the race in this case. You will then reintroduce them one at a time. It may be helpful to do one food at a time each week, adding it back in, to be sure which food is causing the discomfort. Also, try not to generalize here. So, for example, with apples, they have a few different molecules in them that may be leading to discomfort. So just because an apple has fructose in it, try not to remove all of the foods that have fructose. Give the others a chance to. In other words, eliminate foods based on the food item rather than the section of FODMAP it falls under. So while going through this process of eliminating and reintroducing these foods, it can get a little confusing and stressful. So something that is helpful and that helped me when I was going through this was downloading the Monash University FODMAP diet app. This app has a list of foods containing all the FODMAPs in sections and even provides you some recipes to try out. Additionally, follow up with your physician and registered dietitian often to come up with a plan that best works for you. While FODMAP diet has helped many in managing their symptoms, please note that this is not a one-size-fits-all journey. Managing IBS involves medication, supplements, lifestyle changes, 
bulking agents and laxatives, and other diet changes. Until next time, this is Jessica Brown signing off for Nutrition Bits and Bites. Nutrition Bits and Bites is not meant as a substitute for a physician's care. Check with your physician if you suspect you have a medical condition that needs attention.